being an influencer, that wasn't on my radar, but I was just open and I was actively using the skills that I had and just putting it out there and just be hopeful and open that opportunities will come your way. We've seen it time after time. Are you an RV person or are you just RV life curious, wondering how people live in a tiny space with their family 24-7? Either way, this is a podcast for you. My name is Kate White and I travel full-time with my family and two kids and the dog in an RV. Every week, I sit down either with a fellow RV woman to discuss why she chose RV life and how she has changed on the road, or with a special guest who speaks on a topic relevant to travel life. Pull a chair up to the fire and let's chat. Hello, Lauren, and welcome back to the RV Queens podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. You've got your... uh, you got your usual glow about you. You're always like looking sunny and radiant over there. Are you guys still in like Southern California area? Southern California and it's great weather right now. We went trick-or-treating last night and I had on short sleeves. It was very pleasant. So yeah, we're loving it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know last time you have um, international travel on the horizon. I just couldn't remember when that was happening. Is that in the spring then? To Europe in uh, April, I believe. Early April. That's so exciting. Good stuff. Okay. Well, I have to say, welcome back to the show. And last time we mostly talked about your RV travels and how you have talked a bunch of family members into full-time RVing, which, you know, that was a super fun episode. And I asked you back on the show this time specifically to talk about how you help people prepare to start RV life. Uh, Because you've written a book called The Complete Roadmap to Becoming a Traveling Full-Time RVer. Um, So we'll get into that in a minute. But before we do, uh, for people that haven't listened to your other episode yet, give listeners like a quick background on where you came from, why you started RVing, and how long you guys have been on the road. Okay, so back in 2018, we were living in a house in a suburb of Atlanta, and we had a great life. We lived in a great neighborhood. Our kids were five and seven at that point, and we Even though life was good, it was becoming increasingly more and more busy. So we had extracurricular activities. We had um, just all the things. It's just how life gets as you go through life and as your kids get older. Um, And we just kind of said, you know, I guess this is just normal. Our kids were going to school. They were growing further and further apart. They had been very, very close when they were younger at home with me. And... You know, we just started seeing our family grow a little bit apart. We realized that we were having less and less time for the things that we really loved doing, like hiking and biking and spending time outdoors. And so I was following a few people online. We had two personal friends who had started full-time RVing and traveling around the country, and I was super intrigued by what they were doing. So I loved following them and seeing all the the places that their kids were getting to explore and you know it started with a conversation we said you know what i think what if we did this what maybe just for a year what if we just left behind hit the reset button uh left behind our regular life for a year hit the reset button you know reconnected as a family let's let's do it for a year 
But it can be very overwhelming to think about all the things that it takes to do that, even for a year. I mean, we had to get our house ready for a renter um, because we decided to rent our house because we thought we were coming back to it. Um, you know, downsizing all our stuff to fit into an RV, buying an RV, choosing an RV, choosing a truck. I mean, just everything. It was a little overwhelming. We were so grateful that one of our friends um, did a FaceTime call with us and just, I had a list of questions and they walked through everything with me and I know how valuable that was. And since we have become um, kind of a, you know, a well-known family in the family travel world of RVers, um, people do come to us often to ask questions about how to do what we do. So I was super excited to write an ebook so I could just lay it out for everyone and they could, you know, hopefully f build confidence and have a little bit of a roadmap of how to do it. Five years later, we're still on the road. We never went back. We ended up selling our house. So the plan that was a one-year plan turned into a lifestyle that we still live in love. Okay, so so on that note about you writing the book, uh, I've never written a book before. I've heard it's a big challenge and takes a long time and all that stuff. So like, what was it for you that was, like, was it so many people were asking you the same questions or what was your original drive to be like, okay, I'm just going to write a book about this and just get this all out there. Yes, it was that. We got asked all the time, I love what you're doing, but how can I do that? And that's such a loaded question. You know, it's very, there's a lot that goes into that. And so it was overwhelming for me to answer that when somebody I don't even know asks me, how can I do what you're doing? So my first thought was, I'm going to write an in-depth article for our travel blog. We have a travel blog and I'm just going to answer, you know, I'm going to go through everything they need to consider and think about. So I just start writing thinking it's going to be an article. And, th and this article just kept getting bigger and bigger and lot. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to restructure this, divide it into chapters. And so once I realized it was just too much for an article, that's when I decided to turn it into an ebook. And I just outlined the chapters and started going through it step by step. So for people who are, um, I call them RV life curious, right? Their interest is piqued by full-time RVing and they're planning to like one day start RV travel life. What would you say are like the first steps to really making it happen? First steps, I would say, are to follow some full-time RV families and don't only follow the ones that post the good and the beautiful, but try to find those accounts and those families that are posting the good and the bad because it does, there are some high highs and some low lows. And so to really get a good concept of what those highs and lows are, Start your research by just following families that show it all. Nice. That's a good one. Uh, I hadn't thought of that, but that's, I mean, that's what we did too. So good starting point. So the number one question I get from people, and I don't know if this is the same for you, is um, it's about money. And what work do you do to afford full-time travel and how much do campgrounds cost and all that stuff? So what advice do you, have you written about, um you know, for people who want to start this life and are serious about finding a way to afford it. Yeah, I mean, some people already have jobs that can translate onto the road. My husband owned his own business and was already working from home. So that was an easier transition for us. Me, on the other hand, I was a professional photographer that... Uh, 
professional photographer that had local clients, and I knew I would be leaving them behind, so I wasn't sure what that would look like. Thankfully, we knew if we were frugal and really careful, we could live off of Aaron's salary alone, and I would figure it out along the way. So that gave us a little bit of a cushion um, to figuring out what I could do, and you know, once we hit the road, I started a travel blog, I started documenting everything on social media, and built up our brand, which became the Wanderpreneurs. And, you know, I do content creation, I license photos and videos for uh, marketing purposes and all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of born out of that. I do not recommend just hitting the road and figuring it out when you get out there. That would be, for me, very stressful. I know there are people that have done that. And I am a firm believer that where there's a will, there's a way. If you are very determined and you're a hard worker, you can find ways to work on the road. I mean, we have met people that have very um, unique ways of making money on the road. We have some friends who... Everywhere they travel, they go to estate sales, they go to thrift stores, and they find unique pieces, and then they sell those pieces of jewelry on uh, their own um, website, you know, and, th and they make money that way. You can scour all these thrift stores and just find new pieces of clothing, sell them on eBay. I mean, there's a lot of ways where you don't have to have that many skills and you can still make money. Um, but each, you know, I think each person has to assess what individual skills you do have and then just start searching for ways to turn that into a way to make money because there are ways out there. One of the greatest uh, parts of being a human is just like being a resourceful person. Exactly. And like you said, if there's a will, there's a way. Like I know people that do DoorDash in the different cities they go to or work camping or like, I mean, there's so many different ways um, to make money on the road. Do, in your book, uh, how, what kind of tools do you offer like to get people's mind wrapped around the costs of, you know, full-time RV travel life? Yeah, so number one, chapter one in my book is all about the money, costs. And I go through how ways to save money. You know, it's, it's such a loaded question. So it's a big chapter, but it really makes you think about everything. If you get a campground membership, that's a huge way to save money. We have a thousand trails membership. And so it was an upfront cost for us. But now we stay for free at any of their parks. And that coupled with boondocking, leaves us spending hardly nothing on campground costs. However, if you want these high-end RV resorts, it, your campground costs per month can be very expensive. So I kind of walk through all the different um, situations. You know, what kind of campgrounds do you want? Do you need the top end? Because you need, you're going to expect to spend more if you do. And I just talk about all the things that you need to consider, all the monthly costs. You know, for us, since we travel and move often, we don't have utility bills. We're not paying for electric or water. That's something that the campgrounds provide. Um, however, if you do want to choose monthly spots, sometimes monthly spots um, have an additional electric cost that you have to consider. So I really lay out in the book everything that you need to consider um, to figure out how much it's going to cost you uh, to full-time RV. Some people sell their house and they have that cash that they can buy an RV and a vehicle with cash. So they have no RV payment, no truck payment. Um, some people need to finance that. So every situation is different. And I, I kind of lay out everything you need to figure out to find your number of how much it's probably going to cost you to RV full-time each month. Hey friends, pardon the interruption. 
This is a sponsored episode and it's time for a short ad break. I love spending time outside with my kids, especially when we're traveling in the RV. Recently, we had a blast trying out some of Elikai Outdoors' amazing outdoor games. Their games are inspired by nature and are incredibly durable, which means you can create lasting memories with your loved ones. And the best part... They're carrying cases. They're compact enough to take on the road with you. Be sure to check them out at elikai.com slash rvqueens and use the code rvqueens10 to enjoy a discount of 10% off your order. So how about like the logistics of trip planning? You know, like what tools do you use and what do you talk about in your book for uh, finding good campsites and navigating safe routes and, and all of those kind of logistics that people are worried about <laughs> before they start. Yeah, that's a big one. Chapter six is called planning your route. And so, you know, everyone has a different travel style and you might not know what yours is at first. Some people prefer to travel really quickly. Some people prefer to uh, stay places longer and you might need to test it out a little bit to figure that out. But I go over different apps. Campendium is a great app for finding camp spots. Um, You can see photos and reviews of those camp spots. Like I said, if you're a thousand trails member that can dictate your route that helps you kind of plan where you want to go. And then, you know, when you start meeting families that you really connect with, and click with, those families can determine, oh, well, our friends are going here next. And it kind of gets easier as you, the longer you do it, because at least for us, we love traveling with friends and going where our friends are going to be. And so then we kind of plan routes together, which is really nice. Do you want to walk us through, I know you've mentioned the first and the sixth chapter, but do you want to walk us through kind of the flow of your book and, and everything that you touch on? Yeah, definitely. So chapter one is all about the money. Like I said, we go through what you need to consider to try to figure out what your cost will be. Number two is downsizing. Downsizing can be very overwhelming. I mean, even though we were coming back to our house, we, you know, we actually sold and gave away pretty much all of our furniture and stuff. It was pretty much used. I I used to like redo furniture. So I figured it was going to be cheaper for us to, if we came back, repurchase, you know, used furniture and redo it again than to pay for storage. So I I talked through those things, you know, what's going to be your best uh, method? Are you going to rent your house? Are you going to sell your house? What are you going to do with your stuff? So that talks through the process of downsizing. Chapter three is choosing the right RV. Um, that we didn't know anything about RVs, RVing. So I talk about how we visited several RV dealerships just to walk through the different kinds. Um, you know, how old are your kids? What are your family's needs? And I, I kind of talk through choosing the best RV for your family. Um, number four, what do I really need? That can be overwhelming because, you know, People ask me that a lot too. Like, what do I really need to get started? What hoses do I need? What RV items do I really need? You know, so I have a list with links of everything you need. And then there's also a list of things that are nice to have. You know, maybe this isn't a necessary thing, but these are items that have made RVing more enjoyable for us. Um, number five is taking care of business. The side of things like, where are we going to get mail? Where are we going? Where do we pay our taxes? What's our domicile state? So all the business side of things, uh, that aren't necessarily the most fun things to figure out. I list all that. So you can make sure you have all your ducks in a row. Number six, planning your route, which we talked about. Um, Chapter seven is finding your travel style. Do you like to boondock? Do you want to try it out? Um, do you want to move quickly, slower? 
uh, chapter eight, working on the road. Most people, I would say, need to work on the road. So we talk about internet options. We talk about what work days look like. Where do we work in the RV? So we go through all that. Um, number nine, finding community on the road, which is huge. I feel like if that piece is missing from your RV journey, that could um, be a deal breaker. It is for a lot of people. Unfortunately, we still do hear that some people find it lonely on the road. So I really talk about the ways that we have built community even while traveling full time. Uh, chapter 10 is what about the kids? We go through, you know, different things about the kids. I think we're going to touch on that later too, because when we started, our kids were five and seven and things were generally a little bit easier when they were five and seven. Um, now that they're preteens and my son's about to become a teen, um, you know, things have changed a bit. And so we talk about that. Um, chapter 11, telling your friends and family, making the announcement uh, where you're about to do what? Because a lot of people don't get it. And a lot of people are met with a lot of resistance and pushback, unfortunately, from their friends and family that just don't understand. We thankfully had a great response from friends and family, even though they didn't fully understand it. But it kind of talks about how you can you know, present this to them and everything like that. Um, let's see. Chapter 12 is setting expectations. Like I said, you know, a lot of the things you see online are the highs of full-time RV living, but there are some lows and it is important to know what the challenges are. So we talk about that. Um, chapter 13 is etiquette for RVers. We had never RVed before. Yeah. So we oh know. man, that's a good one. Yeah. If you don't know what you don't know, and if you've never okay. RVed before, you don't know that it's, you know, really bad to talk, try to meet your neighbor when they're setting up. That's a really stressful time. Yes, but that's totally. So we talked about the etiquette. And then <laughs> chapter 14 is a summary about the whole book. And chapter 15 is meet the authors. It tells a little bit more about us. So 15 chapters, it's really good information. It's really easy to read and it has a lot of beautiful photos in it too. So that's a little overview of the book. Oh my gosh, you have got it covered. I wish I would have known about that book before we hit the road. I think the only book I found was like, it was probably 10 years old and it was called like personal finance for the RV traveler or something. And that's like, <laughs> that's as good <laughs> as I can find. <laughs> oh, that's not so helpful. Okay. So let's talk about your kids. Um, you said they're getting like tweens and teenage, you know, now, and my kids are still pretty young. But if we decide to stay on the road long enough, I could definitely see how they might get a little like jaded because they're in new, beautiful places all the time um, or even like tired of travel life. So how do you keep your kids engaged and excited about full-time travel? Yeah, so we realized as they were getting older, they did start to have more of an opinion about where we go, mainly based on who are we going to be with. Because as you get older, if you think back to when you were a preteen, your friends are everything, you know, and they want to be with their friends, which I totally get. So we now make a point when we're route planning or trip planning um, to meet up with people that they really hit it off with. So they do have friends around. They're not going to be with all their friends all the time, but we do take that into account a lot because it is important for them. Um, you know, as my kids are getting older, you know, their energy, they're not super high energy anymore. And so sometimes there's a lot of little kids knocking on our door. Oh, can your kids come out and play? 
And we have to have these conversations about it's okay to set boundaries. And if you need, like my kids love to read and they love their downtime and that's important for them to stay feeling happy and healthy. And so we have taught them about you know, setting boundaries. And it's okay to say, no, I don't really feel like playing right now. I'm just going to have some alone time in my room or I'm, I'm just going to read over here. And so it has been interesting to see how they have shifted and, and how our planning has shifted based on, you know, it, I see it's important for you to have your friends. And so we're, you know, some kids, older kids around, not always being with younger kids. So we do take that into account when route planning. Another thing that our kids started voicing after we had been on the road for a few years is they missed playing organized sports. Um, Sports were really big in our family. And the first couple years, we just traveled, traveled, and never slowed down in order for them to be on any kind of a team. So we said, okay, since you guys have come to us and told us that this is important and something that you feel like you're missing from our old life, what we'll do is one season per year, and we, we chose the fall season, we will settle somewhere for three months and enroll you guys in sports. Our son plays baseball and our daughter plays soccer. We have found that fall sports are a little bit more laid back than spring sports. Um, some In some places, in order to play spring sports, they check your address and make sure you're a resident. Fall sports, we've played in multiple places and they don't do that. It's kind of just open signups. So it's very easy for our kids to join a team. Um, my husband coaches uh, baseball. He's always been Kaysen's coach, which is really special. And so I do think it's just really important to have open conversations with your kids, really at any age, but especially as they get older. Because from our own experience and the experience of our friends with older kids, I do know that it can get a little more challenging to make sure the kids are still on board with this lifestyle. So it's worth it for us to have these conversations and make concessions with our route or with how long we stay places just to make sure that they are still happy and want to continue doing this. You touched on the topic of community as one of your chapters. How has your family uh, found community on the road? Like, have you joined online groups or are you guys outgoing enough to just meet people organically at the campground or <laughs> what's your approach? All of the above. <laughs> we, I, I'm a member of a lot of different Facebook groups. I love RV Facebook groups. When people have questions, I'm in there typing little things and, um, you know, even our own social media, a lot of times people, you know, will we'll, we say generally where we are and if anyone wants to meet up, but we are also very outgoing and social in the campgrounds. Um, the campground that we're at now actually has a lot of activities. Campground activities can be a great place to meet other families. They had a huge Halloween party for Halloween. They'll have s'mores out by a big campfire um, next to the clubhouse. They have crafts. Um, we meet people at the pool. We meet people. I mean, just even we, Aaron and I, at the end of the day, we like to sit outside, have a little happy hour drink after the workday's over and people will walk their dogs and say hi. And, um, you know, just striking up conversations and meeting people. We love doing that. So, you know, it was just Halloween and we knew several families in the campground. So we said, Hey, let's, why don't we get our kids together and trick or treat together in the campground? And then we'll go to a neighborhood together. And it was just such a good time. And all I did was just send a little message to three other families. Hey, you want to meet us here and we'll drive over to this neighborhood together. And we all had the best time. But if I had not sent that text out, 
that probably wouldn't have happened. So a lot of times being proactive is important and just putting yourself, it's harder for some people. I do get that. Like it's very easy for me to just send a text. Hey, want to meet us? Want to meet us? But if you really want that, those connections, then sometimes getting out of your comfort zone and just inviting someone along is what you have to do. I remember, um, so I've done like two international trips. These were before I had kids, by the way. And I remember someone telling me that extroverts have more fun, especially while traveling. And I'm I'm the type, like, I'm kind of an ambivert. Like, when I have to, I can be the outgoing one, but sometimes I just want to read a book and not talk to people, you know. Um, so I a lot of times I will, when we get to a new campground, I'll, like, kind of, it feels like I'm, like, putting that hat on. You know, I'm like okay, it's time to meet people, like, just say hi, start the conversation, <laughs> you know, like, don't be in introvert mode, because, you know, I think even people that call themselves introverts, if you're going to be in the full-time RV life, and you want to find community, it's just, you just gotta, you just gotta get out there, you know, and introduce yourself to people, so, um, I love it. Okay, so speaking of community, uh, the listeners of this podcast, as you know, are RV women, um, and we've also started an RV Queens uh, membership group. It's called RV Queens Circles, and the Platinum Circle is women who are running businesses from the road, and you mentioned that you started out as a photographer, and then you kind of like morphed to being a blogger and a content creator and have made money from the road or on the road, like in lots of different ways. Um, will you just share your experience on your different revenue streams that you've created specifically for those women who are um, running businesses from the road and want to, you know, <laughs> get to your level. Yeah, definitely. So when I first started, you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but I knew what skills I had. So I had photography skills. I had some decent writing skills. So I used my writing and photography skills to start a travel blog. That was the first thing. And I did invest in a course. It's not it's not out there anymore, but there was a course at one time that I took and it kind of showed me the ins and outs of how to start a travel blog. So I am a firm believer that sometimes you have to invest in your, in, in something to, you know, for it to grow. And so it wasn't free, but I invested in this course and this course helped me get the travel blog up and going, which was huge. Um, I also started posting consistently on Instagram. I was taking photos of what we were doing and also do, writing pretty lengthy captions just putting it out there for people to see what we were doing. Um, it caught, our, I guess, our between our blog and our Instagram, it caught the attention of two companies. Within the first few months on the road, they contacted me through Instagram and said, hey, we love what you're doing. We love your Instagram. Would you like to create content for us? So I started writing for RV Repair Club and creating videos for them. And then RV Share, I was working for them for a while too, creating content for them. Um, those were the first two opportunities I got. And then, you know, brand deals, other brands started reaching out. I was kind of figuring out, okay, how do I do this? Um, and then I was made aware of another course um, the, by Christina McAvoy, the Insta Success. I took this other course and that just taught me what I should be charging. Um, what it, it was just such a great um, learning tool for me to take my business, which had become the Wonderpreneurs to the next level. So through that, you know, so that's one way. The Wonderpreneurs is how I make money, but it 
looks like different things. Since I have the blog, sometimes I'm writing sponsored blog posts, and so I get paid for writing blogs for my own blog. Sometimes I write uh, articles for other websites, and that's a way that I get paid. Sometimes companies will come to me and say, we have this product that would be a great fit for any traveler or RVer, and so we negotiate, and usually I try to put together a package deal. Okay, I'll do a promotion. I'll do promotions for three months and it's going to be X amount each month and this is what I'll do for you. Um, that's another way. Something that Aaron and I together created is an RV focus group and that is a newer thing we've been doing this past year and companies will tell us we have a product that we need to get some feedback on. Um, can we send it to 10 or 20 people in your focus group and then they give us feedback on this item. So we're kind of the middleman middlemen for the RV focus group. We have a Facebook group with over 500 people in it and they're all RV owners. And so that's another way that that just was created based on somebody came to us and said, have you ever thought of running an RV focus group? Because I really need one. And so we started it. So I think just being open to opportunities, like that was never on my radar. Like being an influencer, that wasn't on my radar, but I was just open and I was actively using the skills that I had and just putting it out there online into the world. And I do think if you you know, practice the skills you have, put it out there, um, and just be hopeful and open that opportunities will come your way. We've seen it time after time. That's such good advice. Yeah. Just being open to uh, see opportunities and then just grab hold when they <laughs> make themselves apparent. Uh, I didn't know that about the focus group. That's pretty cool. That'd be a, that'd be a fun business to run too, because you kind of yeah, get a um, an insider's view of like new products coming out and stuff. That's awesome. Cool. Well, are there any other topics um, that you feel really passionate about talking about today that have to do with, you know, helping people get started in the full-time travel life? Not that I can think of. I think we covered a lot. I just, it's, I love that five years after starting this, I'm just as excited and passionate about it as I was five years ago. And I still have this desire to help people that want to do this. This lifestyle has been so fulfilling for our family and for me personally that I am happy to talk to other people about it. And I'm happy to answer questions that people have. And that is a big reason that I put out so much content on our website. You can find articles that I've written about a ton of different things. And in our Instagram, I'm always trying to think about things to post about that people will find helpful that will help them, you know, inspire them or give them information that they need. If this is something they want to do, I want to be that inspiration and source of information for them. Well, thank you for your generous spirit. Will you go ahead and share with listeners where they can buy your book? and connect with you online? Yes, you can find it on Amazon or you can buy it from our website, which is www.thewanderpreneurs.com. It's a long word, but that's our website. And then we're on Instagram at the.wanderpreneurs. We're on TikTok at the.wanderpreneurs. We're on Facebook, The Wanderpreneurs, without a dot. And we're on YouTube. Just search for The Wanderpreneurs. And your book is only, what, $8, I think? Yes, yeah, $7.99. $7.99. Less than $8. I love it. And we'll include the links in the show notes, too, for people that want to dive right in. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today, Lauren. Um, you are just, like, so generous and 
vivacious and uh, such a wonderful person. So thank you for sharing with us. And uh, hopefully I will see you on the road. Yes, that would be awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me back for a second time because I've really enjoyed it. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. All right, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode and for being my favorite part of RV life. If you could please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, that would be awesome. And listen, if you want to have conversations like I had on this episode with your fellow RV women, head to rvqueenspodcast.com slash community and choose your RV Queen Circle today. All right, guys, I'll see you next week, or hopefully I will see you on the road. That's so exciting.